Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. My critique of white supremacy inside of this religion that we call Christianity. I want to unpack it today. I want to say why it matters. I want to say why it's actually not a distraction from the things that we're fighting for and fighting against. Let me break it down. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Hey, everybody, if you have anyone relying on your income, kids, parents, or even a business partner, you need life insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to get the life insurance plan that covers all of your needs. And getting started is super easy. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need. You can compare personalized quotes to find your best price. And it's super simple. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and the scheduling for free. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Head to policygenius.com and just get started. You need to do it. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. The break. The the break. The the, 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 break. The breakdown. As you may see, all over the country and and actually all around the world, people are tearing down monuments to white supremacy, to white supremacists, to Confederate generals and soldiers who fought to preserve the right to own human beings, um, to political leaders and other leaders, uh, authors and artists who also owned human beings, And they're being torn down all over the world, as they should be. In fact, it should have been local governments that said generations ago, you know what, this is inappropriate. We should not be honoring anybody who owned human beings. But because local governments all over the country, city governments, county governments, state governments, uh, federal governments, because they often lack courage behind their words when they say that they're anti-racist or that they're, you know, if you read the book, How to Be Anti-Racist, he says, you really can only be one of two things. You're either racist or anti-racist. But Dr. Ibram Kendi says a lot of people, they want a third category, not racist. And he says, there's no such category. You are either racist or you're fighting against racism. Not racist doesn't actually exist as a category. And what we see is that a lot of people want to be not racist when it comes to monuments to white supremacy. And I don't want to hear that they don't matter, because if they didn't matter, you wouldn't be so outraged at people tearing them down. If they didn't matter, you would have never erected them in the first place. And what we've come to understand 
is that many of these monuments to to white supremacy, to to slave masters, to Confederate generals, they were built, some of them were built literally during the civil rights movement. They were, they were put up, some of them, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years after uh, the end of slavery. They were put up really as, um, as a big F.U., to the civil rights movement, to black people in general. And this notion that if you tear down monuments, that all of a sudden you are erasing history is foolish. And I think on some level it's, it's an overused analogy, but I think it's literally the single best analogy that exists. Nobody has these same problems when it comes to ensuring that there are no monuments to Nazism. Not only are there no open monuments to Hitler, but to none of his generals or lieutenants or sergeants or captains or anybody else. There are no monuments to Nazis, and they should not, we shouldn't have monuments to Nazis. And that's clear. It's understandable. We're not arguing over that because we understand that they were horrible people who did horrible things and caused great pain. But what we see is people who understand that all of a sudden seem to get real confused when another group of people, primarily African-Americans and black people from throughout the diaspora all over the world are saying, listen, that monument and that person causes me pain. And when that person was alive, they were a monster to my people. And I have to deconstruct this argument that there was a time in human history where slavery or bigotry or racism was just okay. It might have been okay to people who supported slavery, bigotry, and racism. But for the recipients of that, it was never okay. It was never acceptable. And, and from the beginning of time, People, particularly those impacted by slavery and white supremacy and bigotry, have always fought back. So this notion that there was a time when it was socially acceptable, again, let's go back to Nazism. There was a time when it was the standard in Germany. It wasn't a fringe movement. It was the national government. It was the way. But just because it was the way, Here's what I need you to understand. The popularity of your white supremacy or bigotry, its widespread nature doesn't make it any less harmful just because people adopted Nazism by the millions. Doesn't make it any less painful or traumatic for somebody to now want to say, listen, uh, this is our history. Let's build a memorial to, to Hitler. Of course not. And so all of these memorials and monuments to open bigots, to open white supremacists who bought, sold, traded, raped, and worked to death millions and millions of Africans, they're gross. And the fact that people are fighting to keep them, including those of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. And what I said yesterday, I, I, I hold on to it. I don't back down, even though it's, 
it's trended and they're open critics to what I was saying. Monuments, statues, and art of this white European from Denmark or Switzerland or, 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 or wherever he may be from, of this model that people are now claiming and have been claiming for hundreds of years is Jesus. One, that's not Jesus, that man, that blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. That's a European model. That European model is now held up as the most common image of Jesus who when according to the bible we can i'm not here to to argue over the validity or truthfulness of the bible i have my own views that's not even what i'm here to argue today according to the bible when jesus and his parents and family needed to hide they went to hide in the middle of egypt <laughs> can you imagine if a blonde-haired blue-eyed or let's give him red hair and blue eyes, however you want to make that European look. Can you imagine that European going to hide in Egypt? There are so many examples of this. The Bible was not written uh, with modern-day American racism and white supremacy in mind, but there is another moment in the, in the adult life of Jesus where <clears throat> he is days away from execution, and one of his disciples sells him out. And when the disciple Judas brings local authorities to point Jesus out, he has to point Jesus out from among the disciples. He can't say uh, he's the only blonde-haired, blue-eyed one here. Uh, Jesus looks so much like the other disciples that Judas had to literally say, like literally point and say, that's him because he just looked like everybody else. The Bible actually has a few moments where it describes the appearance of Jesus, saying that his skin was the complexion of, of burnt copper and his hair was like wool. And so <laughs> this uh, surfer, this uh, Southern California surfer Jesus, is a tool of white supremacy. Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. It's the So I noticed a lot of people saying, listen, this, this issue doesn't matter. First off, 20 hours a day, 
I am primarily working against police brutality, against the issue of mass incarceration. And I do that morning, noon, and night. It's the primary work, not just of my life right now, but of my entire life. And we're able to focus on more than one issue at once. In fact, we have to. We don't have the luxury of just fighting police brutality because it's not our only problem. We don't have the luxury of just fighting any one single issue when we're also facing voter suppression. Today is election day in both of my home states of Kentucky and New York, and Kentucky has taken the number of polling and voting locations down from 3,000 to 200, such that right now in Louisville, the largest city in the state and the single largest city in the state for African Americans, now has one voting location, just one, which is preposterous. So we can't just fight against police brutality because we also have to fight against voter suppression and we also have to fight for good schools and a quality curriculum. We have to fight against so many different issues from, from pay equity, from, from health outcomes, which is why we have been so horribly hit by the coronavirus pandemic. And so this notion that me or any of us should only focus in this moment on one single issue is a luxury that we don't really have. And this idea that it's a distraction, I just want to push back on that for a moment. Yes, I don't think that taking the statues down is as important as changing the policies, the problematic policies all over this country that are actually fueled by white supremacy. But white supremacy is actually a very complex cycle. And these monuments play a role in in supporting and lifting up the vicious cycle of white supremacy. As long as it's acceptable to have these monuments, it is also acceptable to have the policies that the monuments undergird. Do you understand what I'm saying? The monuments are not the biggest problem, but they're a problem. Again, it's for that very reason that you will not see monuments to anybody connected to Nazism in Germany. Not because the monument itself is a problem, but if you have a monument to Nazism, all of a sudden it basically says that you are okay with Nazism itself, that you are okay with that form of, of bigotry and violence. And you can say, well, listen, that's just history. If it's just history... Why are so many people given the peace of mind of knowing that those who harmed and oppressed them will not have public monuments while another group has to tear them down on their own? And this idea that this European Jesus, who was always at the center of, I I used to call it, white Christianity, but I don't, I don't call it white Christianity. I think what we're seeing here is Christian whiteness. It is a form of religion 
where whiteness is at the center and it has, it is, you know how things can be gold plated? It's kind of like Christian plated. It has a, it's a form of whiteness that has a Christian patina, a Christian exterior, but it's not Christianity. I just said on Twitter a few minutes ago that I'd gotten so many death threats just over the past now 24 hours since I said, listen, those, those white European statues of Jesus and the white European stained glass windows, which have always been used as a tool of oppression, they were used during slavery, literally. And they were used to basically say that whiteness is at the center, that the Savior, Jesus, the central figure of the Bible, the Old Testament, is basically a book uh, predicting the coming Messiah, Jesus, and the New Testament is about the ministry of Jesus and those who came after him. If at the center of your religion is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white man from Denmark or Switzerland or Southern California, you are saying something. I had so many Africans, literal Africans from throughout the continent say that to this day, in their churches, because these things were put on them by white missionaries, that to this day in 2020, in churches all over Africa, that you continue to see blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, because it was used as a, as a tool of cultural oppression, ultimately used as a tool of physical oppression, and we have to confront it. And, and I'll close with this thought. The reality is, the painful, painful reality is that Christian whiteness was at the center of lynching in America. It was at the center of the KKK. Just Google it. Most of them were church leaders, and it was at the center of American slavery, Christian whiteness. And if we don't confront it and confront its legacy as well, these institutions that we are trying to dismantle won't be fully dismantled until we are completely and totally honest about what is supporting and fueling them. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Break, 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 break.